All right. Well, good morning. And let there be light. Wow. Um, man, last week, I tell you what, we had an amazing time together. Saturday service, it was great, great kickoff. Guess what? Yep, one claps, everybody claps. We didn't have Saturday night service last night, though. Right? So I hope none of you found that out the hard way. Um, but we will be having Saturday night service this coming week, this coming Saturday. And then we're going to skip a week, and then we'll have it again uh, on the week of the 15th. So remember the 1st and then the 15th. We'll be doing Saturday night, and then we won't have any more for the rest of the year. Um, and then at the beginning of the year, we, we will have all of, that, uh, all of that going on. So I really appreciate everyone just just participating and everybody just getting in there. Man, it, wasn't that so awesome? Uh, for those of you that were here, you, to see everybody just welcoming one another and to see everybody with their 60 seconds of friendliness. Uh, how many of you guys, whenever I put that up on the clock and I said we were going to do that, you're like, oh man, you know, and, and everybody got real nervous because we just busted up in here and just had everybody just go meet somebody new and then talk to them. And I hope you connect with that person again. Uh, today, if at all possible, that would be so great just to continue to get to know one another and get to know other folks as they're here. It's just been such a great, energetic, friendly atmosphere. And we've been talking about keeping things simple because what we have been seeing with this simple series is that simple clarity is going to equal a profound impact. When we really get down to the brass tacks, when we get down to what's really important, what really matters in life, what really matters to God and how we need to align our lives with that and how we need to set our lives upon that foundation, we can see how profound of an impact God can have in our lives and that we can have in others because we're focusing on the things that God says are important. Don't forget if you brought your uh, iPad or your mobile phone, if you want to follow along in version this morning, you'll be able to continue to do that. So we have that available for you. Just go to that app and click on live and search for an event in your area and that'll be pulled up. Also exciting news for Word of Grace. Um, if you've been having trouble with internet, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks we'll have that remedied because we got upgraded better internet and we're getting upgraded better routers so everybody can connect so yay like three people are excited about that but that's okay I'm excited about it I'm excited about it. so if you would just join me this morning in prayer just bow your head father we thank you so much for this day we thank you God for your spirit just moving in this place we thank you, God, that you're just quickening us, Father, making us aware of how awesome you are. You're making us aware of how holy you are, of how great you are, and how much you desire for us to connect with you and to pursue you with our lives, with our time, with our heart. God, I thank you that you just help every person in this place to be more aware of you than they are or where they have been, Father. More aware of your goodness, more aware of your mercy, more aware of your love and your grace towards us. I pray today as we share your word, Father, that you would just soften the hearts of the people, open the ears. God, anoint my mouth to speak it with authority, with clarity, Father. And I thank you that as this word sains through the filter of each individual person's life and circumstances, that it will be found applicable in a very relevant way, Father, where we can do something with it and not only be hearers only. We thank you for changed lives. We thank you for the fruit in advance. We believe it and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. We're going to talk about alignment today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down that title, alignment. 
And, we, you know, when we align ourselves to God's purposes, uh, you know, for us as individuals and for us as a church, we, you know, we experience and encounter the true power of God that changes hearts and lives. That's really where the power comes from. That's really where change comes from. Because no matter how great of a message you may hear, no matter how great of a music service you may be a part of, no matter how powerful it may be, only God can change a heart. No man can do that. You know, you and I will get very frustrated if we spend all of our time trying to change someone's heart. Because we cannot do it. We can't manipulate the insides of that person to do what we want them to do. If you've got that figured out, please let me know. I'd be very interested. You know, we can try to manipulate. We can try to control, but it doesn't work. Only God can change the heart. And so we have to be the people that are, uh, that are faithful to present the word and to present his love and to show them his love and his truth. But only God can change that heart. That's why the Bible says that some plant, some water, but only God gives the increase. It's our job to plant and water. But when we do... When we plant and water, what we do is we unleash the power of God. We set this thing up for God to do what only he can do in the heart of someone's life. But it's our job to do what we're called to do too. Amen, somebody. You you see, word of grace is moving forward. And we are seeing the power of God in people's lives because we're seeing lives being changed. We're seeing hearts being changed. Uh, Folks, let me tell you, marriages are being restored in this church. Folks, let me tell you, I thought I'd give you a second. Marriages are being restored in this church. People are breaking free from addictions of every sort. People are discovering that someone does care about them and that they do matter. People are being healed both physically, emotionally, and mentally. People are coming to Christ and they're getting their lives back in order and they're learning what it really means to put God first. Joy is being restored. Faith in God, faith in church, faith in other people is all being restored. And that's not anything that we can point to any man and say that man did this. All we can say is that we were faithful to plant and water and to be faithful to love on people. And God's the one that brings the increase, right? You see, God is moving at word of grace. And I want, you to, I want you to hear that. I want you to get this. God is moving at word of grace. And for us to continue to grow with what he is doing, we must simplify why we do what we do and who we are doing it for. We always have to keep those two things at the forefront. I want you to write those down. Why do I do what I do? Why are we doing what we do? Why do we come together? Why do we pray? Why do we worship? Why do we sit and hear the word? Why are we doing what we do? And the other question I want you to write down that we always need to keep at the forefront of our minds is who are we doing it for? Why am I doing this and who am I doing it for? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, going to read in verse 1. The Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, and this is what he says to him in Philippians 2 and verse 1. Therefore, there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of mercy, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. 
Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. When I read that, I'll tell you what just leaped off of the page to me was our first point today. That's love God, love people, and serve the world. That's what I see there in Philippians 2, 1 through 4. I see that it's about us loving God. It's about us pointing people to loving God. And it's about us loving other people. It's about us preferring others and not just looking at things with the what's in it for me type attitude. A lot of times our relationships are based off of what's in it for me. And when what's in it for me stops, the relationship stops or either it gets very muddled and it gets very tense. Because what's in it for me has stopped. But folks, let me tell you, when we love other people with the love of God, we're not loving them for what's in it for us, right? We're loving them because that's what God wants us to do. Because he so loved the world that he gave. That's what love does. Love gives. It always gives. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to love God. That means we're called to give to God. We're called to love people. That means we're called to give to people. And we're called to serve God the world. That's what God has called us to do. Paul was saying to these Philippians, listen guys, we need to love one another and we need to be in unity. We need to prefer one another over our own selfish ambitions or our own preferences of what we like and don't like. And we need to agree, we need to agree and come together on what really matters, right? We need to come together on those things that are important and those things that matter. And not worry about, well, I like to dress this way, or I like to listen to this kind of music, or I like to do these types of things. It's not about that. It's not about us wondering about all these different little preferences and arguing about silly things. It's about us coming together on the important things that matter. That's where we are to come in unity on. Because we don't need to be the type of church that's in unity where we all wear the same kind of clothes, right? And everybody has the same haircut, right? And everybody talks exactly the same. And everyone does exactly everything the same. That, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about coming together on the things that really matter. On the things that are really important. Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to come together and agree on the things that really matter. So when we clarify the core of what we're about, here's what happens. When we clarify that core, it has a profound impact. I believe that what we're called to do is to have a lifelong impact on others for the kingdom of God in every generation, not just one particular generation, not just the young people, not just the older people, not just the in-betweeners. I believe that we're called to reach every generation and to have a profound lifelong impact, right? You believe that? I believe that. And you know, I I began to see this in my own life when I was looking at uh, a guy named Pastor Willie George. He's a pastor of a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The name of the church is called Church on the Move. And years ago, Pastor Willie George, about uh, almost 30 years ago, as a matter of fact, he began this television show called The Gospel Bill Show. And it was a cowboy show where he would dress up. He was Gospel Bill. And he would, you know, had puppets and different characters he would interact with. And they would get in these scenarios. And Gospel Bill was always the guy that would help them out or help them to see the truth, help lead them to Christ, help them to repent, or help them to see how they should treat one another. Uh, All these different characters on the kids' show. And I used to watch that show all the time. And I look at how Pastor Willie George had such a profound impact on my life as a kid. I prayed the sinner's prayer probably every time at the end of Gospel Bill. 
You know, I mean, I wanted to make sure I was saved. And so, and, and I remember my parents, they used to teach the kids on the move curriculum, which Pastor Willie George wrote, and Pastor Willie George actually authored that, put that together and offered it to other churches, which we've used for years here at Word of Grace. And Pastor Willie George uh, did this curriculum. My parents taught children's church when I was a kid. And I heard the Word of God because of what he had done through Pastor Willie. And then as I grew up and I became a little older, all of a sudden, uh, I became a youth pastor at a very early age. I became a youth pastor at 18 years old. I was only out of high school for two weeks when I became a youth pastor, right? I was just so qualified. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what I was doing, man. My heart was in the right place, but man, I did some goofy things. But uh, one of the best things I did as a youth pastor was I met my wife, so yeah. Ching. But anyways, when I was a youth pastor, Willie George in uh, Tulsa there, same guy that did the Gospel Bill show, he had been putting out this, uh, this, this teaching and this curriculum and this movement that was called 180. And what 180 was, was a youth program that he had developed. And it was from his heart, from the heart that God had just, just, just put this vision in his heart to reach teenagers. And 180 started popping up all over the country. As a matter of fact, you've seen 180 here because one, the, the pastor here at that time, Pastor Kirby Anderson, caught the vision of 180 and he began to, to implement that here at the church and the church caught the vision and you see what we have today as a result of that and how much of an impact. Pastor Willie George at, at their 180, they have this huge, huge facility where they reach some 3,000 teenagers every Wednesday night. And God is just doing amazing things there. So when I was a young youth pastor, I saw how many kids were being reached for the gospel. I saw how many kids were being just uh, one to Christ. And I saw how lives were being changed. And I began to look at what they were doing. I began to ask the Lord, you know, how I could begin to do similar things like that. And I looked at that and he invested and poured into my life as a young minister. And then when I became a pastor, I began to see... Uh, how Church on the Move began to make some shifts and changes in how they presented the gospel and how they reached people. And they began to just reach so many people for the cause of Christ. And it was so powerful, the lives that were being changed and the testimonies that were coming out of that church. And I was a senior pastor at the time. And I got to go to a conference where I met Pastor George and I began to speak with him and he began to actually mentor me and help coach me there during that event and was pouring into my life as a young pastor. And then I step back and I think about all of this. And the significance of all of that was that through the ministry that God had called Pastor George to and all the things that God had called him to do, I was impacted as a child. I was impacted as a teenager. I was impacted as an adult in different phases of ministry and what God called me to in different phases of life. And I stepped back and I looked. I said, you know, that's what church is supposed to look like. That's what church is supposed to look like, where we're impacting every generation, and where we're not just specialists to this one generation, but, but where we're having a, an equally significant impact on every generation, because every generation matters. Where we're having a significant impact on every generation that lasts their entire lifetime. That lasts their entire lifetime where, where we as a church are loving God and loving people to the point to where we're reaching kids when they're very young and we're reaching the people that are very old. And we're loving them all the same and we're reaching them all the same and their lives are being impacted for Christ all the same because our heart is for God, our heart is for people, and our heart is to serve. And out of that will come the fruit of reaching these different people groups. Amen, somebody? 
As I saw how my life was impacted, I just saw a beautiful picture of what church was supposed to look like. Of what the body of Christ was supposed to look like. Where we impact every generation for a lifetime. Where we impact every group. Where we can have that consistent impact. Where we're showing them the love of God. Pointing them to God. Helping them to love people as we love them. And helping them to realize their purpose and to serve the world. You see, that's why we have the ministries that we have. And that's why we do the things that we do. You know, because we want to make an impact on every generation for Jesus. We want to point every age, every background, and every situation to loving God, loving people, and serving the world. That's how Celebrate Recovery has been working ever since its inception. That's exactly how they've been working. That, that's what they've been doing. What they do is, first of all, when you first come to Celebrate Recovery, the first goal is to point you to God. That's the first thing that they try to do at Celebrate Recovery. And if you don't know what Celebrate Recovery is, it's our Thursday night ministry. It happens at 6.30 here at the church. And it w- it's open to anyone. You can come and check it out. Pastor Mike leads Celebrate Recovery. But what, what they do is they point people to God first. And once they have that connection to God... And once they understand what it means to love God, then they help to learn, help, help people to trust again. Help them to love others because God loved them. And as, they, as people that come to CR find forgiveness and find love from the Father, they are able to give love and forgiveness to others. And then the other step in Celebrate Recovery is that you have to serve. That's part of the recovery process, part of recovering from addiction or pain or loss or whatever the issue may be, is that now you serve because as it has been given unto you, now you give back. And that's exactly the process of CR. So we've already been doing this, folks. This isn't anything new. This is something that's been happening for a long time. Loving God, loving people, and serving the world. That's what we're called to do. Because our purpose is our process. Our purpose is our process. So when we say love God, we mean pointing people to truly loving God through learning about and experiencing His love. Having a real encounter with the Father. A real experience with Him where they hear about His goodness and they also experience His goodness through one another, through worship, through being together, through fellowshipping, through coming together as a church. We come together and we understand what it means to love God. And guess what, folks? That never stops. Guess what, folks? That never stops. It never stops. We never stop growing in our love for God. We should never stop growing in our love for Him and our understanding of Him. So that's why it's a constant growth. It's a constant understanding. It's a constant discovery where we understand His mercies are new every morning. Where we understand that no matter how much we may have heard or how much we may know or how much we may have experienced, there's still new levels to the goodness and the love of God that we haven't even heard or experienced. Amen? You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church, how many scriptures you can quote. It doesn't matter how many worship songs you know. It doesn't matter if you can speak Latin. What really matters is that we continue in our love for God and our understanding of who He is. You know, I've, I've been in ministry almost 14 years now, working in churches. And... I thought I knew what it meant to love God. I thought I knew what it meant to serve God. I thought I knew what it meant to love people. But let me tell you, folks, when I get to that point where I think I know everything, I find out I really don't know anything. 
find out, man, I really don't. Because God will reveal himself to me in a way through a situation or to someone. And I'll say, man, God, you love me so much. And I thought I knew. I, I just thought I knew. I thought I got it. But Lord, you're so great. You're so vast. I didn't even catch but just a glimpse of it, of your love and how great and awesome you are. Now, we help people to love God through our weekend services, through what we do here at the church, through worship, through teaching the word, teaching more of who he is, not just what he can do for us, not just what we can get from God, It's just not us coming together to go, okay, how can I learn how to get things from God? If you're here to learn how to get things from God, then you're not here for the right reason. You need to be here because you want to love God more. And out of his goodness and his mercy, he offers us his blessing and his protection and his love. And all of these things that come along, we don't serve him because of what we can get. I don't want to serve a God that I'm just in it for what's in it for me, right? I want to love him for who he is, not just what I can get from him. If you've got your Bible, flip over to John chapter 14. John 14 and verse 15, Jesus says this. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this because this is the core of what love is. John 14 and 15. He says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. That means the more we know God, the more we love God, the stronger our foundation is, and the more we can correctly apply his truth to our lives. I said correctly apply his truth to our lives. I mean where we actually hear it and we understand it and we can actually do something with it. We actually take God seriously and we're actually able to apply that truth to our lives in a way that he can actually bless us or do something with that truth. Because a lot of times we want to take little pieces of truth, the pieces we like, and we want to try to piece together our own theology or our own doctrine just to see what all we can get. But folks, let me tell you, that's not the right attitude and the right heart, is it? It needs to be, Lord, how can I love you more? How can I know you more? And out of the abundance of his love, out of the abundance of that relationship, out of the abundance of being with God, we experience his blessings and we experience the fruit of living a life filled with God, his spirit, his love, and his mercy. The more we know God, the more we love God, the stronger that foundation is so we can correctly apply his truth to our lives. That's why he says, if you love me, keep my commandments in other words god is saying if you love me take my word seriously learn about me more learn my character learn my value system learn how i think how i feel how i operate and then take those things and apply them in your own life correctly because if you really love me you'll keep those things You'll keep those things because it reveals your heart. It reveals your obedience. It reveals where you're at in how serious you take God. Because we can all hear the same truth and all apply it very, very differently. We can all be hearing the exact same truth spoken. We can all read the exact same truth, but yet be at very different levels of obedience in our lives based on how seriously we take Him. Based on if we think He's for real or not. Based on if we really think he's as good as he say he is. Based on even oftentimes our experiences or our disappointments. 
how much we actually really want to serve Him. How much we actually want to keep His commandments. But He said, if you love me, you'll take me seriously. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, the more truth that people are able to understand and correctly apply in their lives, the, de- the greater degree of freedom that they're going to be able to walk in because the Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will... There you go. The truth will set you free. He said, you will know the truth, but first you got to know it. He didn't say you just got to hear it. Anybody can hear the truth. How many of you in this room have ever heard truth and not done anything with it? Didn't help you, did it? Made you smarter. I can quote that scripture. I can put the bumper sticker on the back of my car. But the thing is, folks, it's got to be more than just able to quote it, more than just able to say it, more than able to just hear it. But we've got to actually do it. And when we are motivated to actually step out of our comfort zone, step out of our own area of insecurity or whatever the hindrance may be, lack of trust, whatever it is, to step out. When we actually step out, it shows that we're growing in our trust for God. Shows that we're growing in our understanding of who He is, that He is faithful. And that when we sing songs like we set our hope on you, we set our hope on your love, we really mean it. We're not just saying it. We're not just saying it because it's on the screen and we feel obligated to say it. (laughs) Or because we just like the music. We say it because we really mean it. It's actually something from our heart. God, I set my hope on you. I set my hope on your love. I set my hope on the one. That's who I trust. You're the everlasting God. I trust you because you're faithful. I trust you because you've proven yourself and you are faithful. You see, the more truth people are able to walk in and correctly apply in their lives, the greater degree of freedom they're going to walk in. It all comes as a result of us loving God and pointing others to loving God. That's why loving God is so important. That's why us gathering together to worship Him corporately and to hear His Word and to be together, that's why it's so important because it's helping us to be pointed to loving God. Helping us to be pointed to understanding who He is and how He loves and how much He cares for us. Write this down. This is your third point this morning. When we love people, we are showing them the love of God. We're showing people the love of God. When we love them, when we give them that love that has been given to us, we're actually showing them how God loves It's not some warm feeling we get when that right song is played and it hits that right heart string. It's not just that. A lot of times we want to limit the love of God to just experiences that we have. And folks, it's not just our isolated individual experiences or our corporate experiences. Let me tell you, the love of God is most greatly shown and demonstrated when we love others. When we show others that love, when we're those hands and feet of Jesus, when we take the position of the servant like Jesus did when he washed his disciples' feet, showing them how he had been sent to serve and not to be served, how he showed them that he loved them and that he was going to be dying on the cross for them. And listen, guys, this is how much I love you. And then after he was done washing the disciples' feet, you want to know what Jesus said? He said, now go and do this to one another. Go do what I just did to you to one another. In other words, I want you to show the love I just showed you to one another. That's exactly what Jesus said. That's why he said that that's how folks are going to be able to identify you as one of my disciples, as if you have love one for another. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. 
1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You see, love is not something that God does. It's who he is. It's his very nature. It's at the very core of his being. It's his DNA. It's his makeup. It's who he is. He is love. God is love. And he said, listen, if you're not able to love, he said, you don't really know God. He said, because it's who he is. You can't hang out with God and be around God and not understand what a little bit of love is. He said, let us love one another because love is of God. And everyone that really knows God is going to know how to love. They're going to really know how to care and go the extra mile. You see, last week I had everybody in here do 60 seconds of get to know someone. Put 60 seconds up on that clock again. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that this week. We're going to do it every week for the next 10 years. No. But, you know, something that simple made this church just a little bit friendlier in 60 seconds, didn't it? Something that simple made the atmosphere just a little warmer. I'm not talking about the heat made the atmosphere just a little bit more energetic and exciting. Why? What, what, what changed in that 60 seconds? What changed from us just being the same? We didn't change our hair. We didn't change our clothes, right, in that 60 seconds. We didn't, we didn't all of a sudden just change. What, what was different? What was different is that that love of God that was on the inside of us for that 60 seconds was being shown to other people in mass quantities to quote cone hits. In mass quantities, we saw love, the love of God being shared to one another. And because of that love, man, it just changed the whole atmosphere. It changed, it, it changed how you were listening. Maybe you were about to fall asleep. I know nobody ever wants to fall asleep in my sermons. But maybe you were at that point of about to nod off. Maybe you were distracted. Maybe you were thinking about the Packers playing later on that day. Maybe you were thinking about bills that were due. Maybe you were thinking about that situation at work that you were dreading Monday morning. Maybe you were thinking about what you were going to get your kids for Christmas and how you were going to have to pay for it. Maybe you were thinking about that situation between you and your spouse. Maybe you were distracted in that moment. But something changed in the atmosphere when we began to reach out and love one another. Something changed. All of a sudden, hope is renewed all of the sudden you begin to feel like god is just wrapping his arms around you all of a sudden you begin to feel it was just the best way i could describe it last week in this room when we did that was that it was just electric it was just like man there was just so much excitement and energy in the room because the love of god was being shown to one another and that's what happens when we love other people when we're around other people I think I've told you guys this before, um, maybe, but one time I was in Walmart and I didn't have a good attitude. Uh, I mean, come on. It doesn't take a lot when you're in Walmart, right? <laughs> I was in Walmart. And I didn't have a very good attitude. I was frustrated. The kids were, you know, uh, just, uh, it was just a lot. I don't want to get into it. But I was just not a happy guy. And all of a sudden, I see Mike Tenhaken coming in the meat department. And when I see him, I'm like, okay, church people. 
Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? It wasn't that I didn't want to talk to Mike. It was just, man, I was just so frustrated. You know what I'm talking about? When you're just, you know, you're just, you just want to get out of Walmart. You just want to go sit in a dark corner and drink Dr. Pepper and just eat Cheetos. And, you know, that's where I was that day. Some of you, that sounds like a lovely place. Why is that a dark place? That sounds awesome. But there was Mike and he came up and I said, hey, Mike, what's going on? And and we started talking about something that he was building because he's always building things for the church. And and, and we were talking about how great it was going to be. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, and, and then we just started talking about church and started talking about what God's doing at church, started talking about things we were doing and projects we had going on. All of a sudden, when he left, all right, man, well, I'll see you later, my whole attitude had changed. So if you ever have a bad day, go see Mike Tenaken. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I felt so good after being there with him And all of a sudden, everything changed for me. I mean, all of a sudden, I just had a lot better attitude. I had a clearer head. I I had a lot more energy. I was just, and what changed? The love of God is what happened. The love of God that was in him when we began to talk, and we began to talk about the goodness of God and the good things God was doing and how we got to be a part of it. All those things began to get me excited. All of a sudden, it changed my whole day. It wasn't Mike. It wasn't me. It was God. It was the love of God in him. It was the love of God in me. Folks, that's what happens. That's how powerful it is. That's why we have to understand that we need to love people. Amen, somebody. You see, we love people through connecting relationally and being there for one another. We step outside of what's comfortable and what's easy to reach out to someone else and to show them what the love of God looks like. Because it's not always comfortable and it's not always easy. And sometimes we have to step outside of what is easy. Our little bubble of security that we try to protect ourselves in. We have to step outside of that and let that love of God show forth. You see, I I really have a strong desire as a pastor to strengthen our small groups and help connect one another in different ways because I believe that is truly part of that next step in our walk with God of loving God and loving people. Helping us connect relationally. Helping us connect uh, through different... uh, opportunities for us to build relationships with one another because we connect to God first and then we connect with one another. You know, one of the strongest uh, relationships that I have are with two pastors who have poured into my life. One of them's name is Dennis Stewart and the other one's name is David Walthall. These two pastors are people who have poured into my life since I was, you know, very young. Matter of fact, I worked with David. He was an associate pastor where I was a youth pastor, the church where I went when I was 18. And um, then Dennis was my youth pastor in the church that I grew up in, um, in southern Arkansas. Now he's a pastor of a church. And Dennis took so much time with me as a young believer, took so much time with me as a young person, And he began to mentor me and to speak the word of God into my life. And he would actually teach me. This is how I study. This is how I prepare because Dennis was an awesome guy. I love Dennis to this very day. Matter of fact, he was a physical therapist and his wife was, uh, she was an accountant. And they were both making a whole lot of money. God told Pastor Dennis to quit his job and to take the time that he normally would working to study the word of God. 
And Dennis had set aside all the necessary funds to where he would be able to live. And he took care of all of his finances and he was debt free. And God really blessed he and his wife. And that man for eight hours a day would stay out in a metal building behind his house studying the word of God. For 10 years he did this. For 10 years he did this. And he would take two 15 minute breaks and a lunch break. Every day, just like he would, because God said, I want you to treat it just like a regular job because he had gotten saved later on in life and God was equipping him to do the work that he was called to do and that was to be this pastor. And this was the man that poured into my life at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. I spent a lot of time with Pastor Dennis and he still calls me and checks on me even here and says, hey, how are you doing? You know, how are things going at Word of Grace? I love talking to Pastor Dennis. And then Pastor David He spent time with me when I was 18 years old and helped me through a lot of difficult times in my life. We both worked for the same pastor. He helped me a lot. (laughs) It was it was a rough experience. I it it was it was a tough first experience of being in ministry, and I learned a lot. Learned a lot about what to do and what not to do. And let me tell you, I'm so appreciative of Pastor David being there all along the way. And he helped me. Even now, he still calls me and we still talk and he still invests in me. And, and listen, both of these guys, the thing that really just blows my mind about both of these guys is that they have spent countless hours hearing me whine and hearing me, you know, just, uh, you know, a- answering my questions and all these different things, spending all this time with me. And, and you know, I had nothing to offer them. I had nothing to offer these guys. It wasn't like they were befriending me because, oh yeah, that 13-year-old kid's going to help me get to, you know, really move my ministry to the next level or whatever. No, they weren't spending their time with me because of what I could do for them. It wasn't because I was going to do something great for David or for Dennis. They were investing in me because they understood what it meant to love people. They were understanding that people are worth it. People are worth our time. People are worth our energy and our effort, not what I can get out of the deal, right? So many people only want to make connections and relationships for what others can do for us. And folks, those relationships oftentimes are very, very shallow. And they're not going to cause a lot of change in me or the other person. And when that person stops doing what I need them to do, then the relationship is over. Folks, I want relationships with people where we genuinely love and care about one another, whether that person can help me out and do something for me or not. Amen, somebody. I want to love people not for what they can do for me, but how I can show the love of God and how I can connect with them because that's what God has called us to do. That's why Dennis and David gave. That's why they still give because they understand what it means to love God and out of their abundance of their love for God, They're able to love and invest in other people. See, when we're motivated by the love of God that constantly gives, then we're able to serve God with a pure heart, a heart that is motivated to serve the world, to give to the world. When we're motivated by that love, that love, it never stops giving. It never goes, enough, I'm done giving, I'm through. No, it never says enough. That love constantly gives more and more and more and more. Matter of fact, oftentimes when when my wife and I would experience a bump financially or something unexpected would come our way, my wife would say, don't give it all away. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, the first thing I want to do is I just wanted to give it all away. She has to help make me think about things first. And a lot of times we do need those filters and we need that help thinking. But let me tell you, folks, our heart, just beat so much for God 
that when we're blessed, we understand we're blessed to be a what? A blessing that we're supposed to be giving and loving. When we have been loved, we need to love others. When we've been forgiven, we need to forgive one another. We need to give just as we have received because that's what God desires for us to do. When we're able to be motivated by that love of God that's always giving, we're able to serve Him with a pure heart, a real heart, a heart that's able to honestly and sincerely answer that question of why do I do what I do and who do I do it for, where we're really checking our motives and where we can honestly say, I'm doing it because I love God and I love people. That's why I'm serving. That's why I'm giving. Because serving is showing the love of God to others. That's what it is. Serving is showing the love of God to others. It's not the act of serving as much as it is the heart that motivates the act itself, right? It's not the actual act as much as it is the heart because we could be doing a lot of good, nice things. We could be doing a lot of very nice and kind acts. But let me tell you, folks, it's about the heart. That's what God looks at, amen? You know what I'm talking about. You know every time this year we see the Salvation Army bell ringers out there. Some of them are doing it for a good reason. Some of them said, why did I sign my name on that paper? That bell is like halfway ringing. Ding, 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 ding. And then some of them are out there. Ding, 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 ding. Hi, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, bless you, thank you. And you can tell they're out there just loving what they're doing. How are they able to do that? Because their motive's right, their heart's right. You see, God is more interested in our heart than he is our act. Because you can be saying all the right things, doing all the right things, but your heart could be far from God. Matter of fact, the Bible even talks about that. said there's going to be people that say, Lord, Lord, look what I did. All the things I did in your name, all the things I said. He said, I never knew you. Because if you don't love God, you don't know God. For everyone that loves is of God. Because God is love. So we need to ask ourselves, why are we doing what we do? And who are we doing it for? I want to read you one last scripture this morning before we close. Romans chapter 12. We've read the scripture a lot here at Word of Grace. Because I believe it's at the very core of who we are. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He said, I beseech you therefore. Paul is telling the Romans, he said, listen guys, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you on behalf of God's mercies in light of what he's done that we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice, that we should serve Him while we have time. We should serve Him with all of our heart. He said it's our reasonable act of service or our reasonable act of worship. In other words, it just makes sense. That's what something that's reasonable is. It's like I'm not asking too much. It's just reasonable in the light of your mercy, in the light of what has been done for us. I'm beseeching you on, on behalf of that mercy that's been shown to you that it just makes sense for us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. It just makes sense for us to give everything. It just makes sense for us to love God, love people, and serve the world. It just makes sense for us to live our lives to please and to glorify God. It just makes sense. It's just reasonable. It's a reasonable act of service to serve, to love. You see, we serve the world by giving to others. Here at Word of Grace, we do that through outreaches, through missions, and 
through connecting to purpose by getting involved right here in our church. One of the things that actually um, Mike Tenaken and I have been talking about is we want to help communicate to our church the different missionaries and different missions organizations that we're involved with, and we're working on ways to do that. So we can all begin to get involved and where it's not just little pockets of people who know about these people or know about this group or know about this missionary, but where we're able to communicate those things, where we can all plug in as a church and we can truly begin to give. And if you have things that God's putting on your, on your heart as outreaches or things we can do, I want you to let us know about it because it may be something that we're able to do as a church or something we're able to do through giving to to others. Also serving others through, we have the 12 days of Christmas that we're doing. We're going to be serving others and showing them the love and the truth of God. And through serving other people, folks, what are we doing? We're pointing people to love God. And what happens? The cycle starts all over again. As we serve, we're pointing others to loving God. And then they connect to loving God. And when they do, then they're able to understand his love and other people begin to surround them and love them and they love people. And then guess what they get to do next? They get to serve. And we're all on this continual cycle of loving God, loving people and serving the world. It's why we do what we do. It's why we come here together every week and we gather on behalf of the mercies of God to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. See, when you serve, you're showing others that they matter to God. You're showing them that what we do here as a church, as a local body of believers, is very important. Do you believe that what we do here at Word of Grace is important? Do you believe that what we do here at Word of Grace is important? Amen. I believe what we do here is very important. What we do here is very important. And we're showing others that they're important too. We're showing others that they matter to God, that they matter to us. And that we love them with the love of God. When you serve, you're showing people that they matter to God. See, I believe you do. I believe that you believe that. I believe that you understand that what we do here is very important. And I appreciate your gifts of serving here in the church. And if you aren't serving in the church, we have three services. And guess what? Now's the time. Now's the time. You can be involved. And let me tell you, it is worth it. It is worth it. It's worth it. it. It's worth it to serve. It's worth it to give. It's just like that conversation I had with Mike that day. Just that simple thing. Something so simple that can turn a day around. Something so simple that maybe you could reach out and touch someone. Something so simple that you could just hand someone a non-existent donut. But I know. I know, I know. The world's falling apart. Word of grace didn't have the donuts. So. This, I don't know. Love God, love people, serve the world, and eat donuts. That needs to be the new mission statement, Pastor. And you need to make sure to fulfill that one. Right. Let me tell you, folks, it really is worth it when we connect to one another, when we love one another, when we serve here in the church. It's worth it to serve. It's, it's just as much giving and pouring into you as it is giving to someone else. Because what it does is it affords us the opportunity to align ourselves with a simple purpose. To align ourselves to this basic clarity. This basic simple purpose that we've been clarifying. Of loving God, loving people, serving the world. And when we do that, when we align ourselves with something simple, it has a profound impact. Because we're 
dusting away all of the other things. We're pushing away all the other things that would try to say, oh, I'm important, or this is why you should do it, or this is why you come, this is why you serve. These are all the things that want to scream at you and pull at your heart. But if we really focus on the things that God said are important, then we're going to be able to make a profound impact on every generation, and it's going to last them a lifetime for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads this morning? Maybe you're here today and you have heard a lot of talk about the love of God. Heard a lot of talk about feeling accepted and feeling love and uh, being able to experience and encounter that love of God. And maybe you never have. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you're like, man, that's so foreign to me. That's so strange to me. But, but, but at the same time, I, I believe that it's real and I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life because I want to experience that love of God, that forgiveness where he makes me new from the inside out. If that's you and you're here in this place today and you say, Pastor Derek, I need to get my life right with Jesus Christ. I need to have him in my heart, making him the Lord of my life. I need to accept his grace and his love this day. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. Everybody's got their head bowed. I'd just like for you to lift up your hand and put it back down. Just simply let me know you're here. Anybody in this place today? Thank you, Jesus. Anybody at all? Amen. Thank you, God. You can look back up here, church. Everybody here in this place, say, you know Jesus. That's awesome. That's great. Praise God. If you have any need in this place today whatsoever, we want to love on you today and help you to pray for that need. We want to pray with you. There's going to be people here at the conclusion of this service that are going to be available to pray with you no matter what's going on in your life. Also, there's volunteer applications and sign-up sheet for different areas that we need help covering for our Saturday night services and our new weekend changes. Um, If you would like more info, you can sign up out there and get all that.